You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Peter Noonan is the Mitchell Professorial Fellow, and he's played a major role in shaping tertiary education policy in Australia through 25 years' experience working as a policy advisor, senior executive and consultant to federal and state governments, universities, higher education providers and TAFE institutes. He has written a very comprehensive paper this month called Vet Funding in Australia, Background Trends and Future Directions, and he joins me now on Campus Review to discuss this. How did you come to write this report on the vet sector? Well, I've worked in the sector for a long time, nationally and at the state level, and then as a, as a researcher, um, and I was becoming increasingly concerned at the parlour state of vet funding and the skewed media coverage, I think, of all of the problems with vet fee help. Um, legitimately, those problems were being covered, but the, the broader problem of declining government investment in vet was, in my view, being overlooked. And it was um, a matter that was being considered by COAG. So I thought it was important to put together a paper which looked at the whole history of the different vet funding agreements and why I think they're now not working any longer. How do you think the media coverage has been skewed? There's been an excess of focus on vet fee help. Um, vet gets very little coverage generally, apart from papers like Campus Review and a couple of the other specialist sections. Um, and it seems to me that the media coverage is often focused when there's a problem uh, with either quality or um, rorting or inappropriate behaviour. Now, those issues do need to be aired and covered because there have been real problems, but uh, it's not balanced by general um, discussion about the sector more generally, particularly funding. The focus is almost exclusively on um, higher education and issues like fee deregulation and school funding in the Gomsky report that really gets a look in. Well, let's try and change that, uh, change that coverage now. You ought to tell me what some of the good things that you found about the vet sector were? Well, I wasn't looking at the vet sector so much. My comment was really more about um, the, what we've got is a situation where public investment in the training system is actually in decline. Participation rates are falling. Uh, the, um, the qualification completion rates are falling. There's big and growing gaps in funding between the different states. The vet entitlement system is implemented and run very differently in different states. And of course, there are the inequality problems, some of which are associated with that decline in funding. My point is that that bigger problem of what's happening with vet generally in terms of public investment has received very little um, media attention or, or public scrutiny. But I must say, I think that now has begun to change and there's been good coverage of the paper that, uh, that we put out yesterday. Are you able to give, give uh, me and the listeners a quick overview of what some of your suggestions are to improve the funding? Well, one of the problems that is, um, exists with that is that it is funded by the Commonwealth and state governments and this has been a problem that goes back a long way. The Commonwealth proposed nearly 25 years ago to take over responsibilities for what was in TAFE funding in the same way as it funded universities and that proposal didn't get up, regrettably in my view. What it means is that neither level of government is accountable directly for debt funding and it also means there are highly variable levels of funding between the states. I support a national approach to funding. Um, my preference would have been for the Commonwealth to have taken over the full responsibility of debt funding but I think we've probably now passed that point where that's possible or practical.
what I favour um, as, a, as an alternative is a, a new national funding system where the Commonwealth and the states would agree on a range of important national qualifications that would form part of a national system, national funding system, and then agree on what each government would contribute towards the subsidy for um, each of those courses and an income contingent loan scheme for all VET students, certainly at certificate three level and above, so that students don't face upfront fees. Uh, they should really be treated in the same way as they are um, in universities or for upper level VET qualifications. The major problem with VET fee help doesn't detract from its importance um, as a, an equity measure to ensure that students don't have to pay upfront fees to access tertiary education. Obviously, from my reading around the subject recently, Vet Fee Help was a system that was quite—it was quite open for exploitation, and, and there was some very, uh, some very open exploitation of it, from what I've read. Do you yeah. do you think that you know Vet Fee Help was fundamentally good but needed tighter restrictions, or do you think that it's a fundamentally flawed system? No, if you look at Vet Fee Help, it was introduced in two thousand and seven, I think, and then. Um, for a number of years it ran without any major problems at all. It, it did need to be made uh, more flexible in that the old vet fee help system meant that only vet providers with, a, with transfer agreements with universities could, could be eligible for vet fee help. But the way it was designed without any restraint on fees, with um, allowing new providers to come in um, and without properly linking it into the public vet funding system uh, run through the states meant that it was a sitting duck for unscrupulous um, investors who were opportunity able to move in and cash in on um, a system where they could uh, basically leverage maximum revenue with minimum risk. Um, I think that needed to have been detected much earlier and, uh, and tightened much earlier. But the whole system needs to be completely redesigned, not just vet fee help, but fee help generally or help generally. We need a single scheme for all tertiary students with, with common settings um, and we need to make it more affordable and sustainable. So you'd like to see the, the same system being used across universities and the vet sector? Absolutely. We've got a common taxation system, we've got a, a common Medicare system, we've got a common um, uh, social security system. All of these major national, we've got a common approach to superannuation. All of these major, what you might call national entitlement or national um, citizens um, uh, entitlement schemes have, have common rules um, applying. Why should a, why should a student uh, doing childcare in Certificate 3 um, face a, a four or $5,000 upfront fee, but a student going to university to do a degree in early childhood be able to access an income contingent loan? Now, to extend it into VET, it does mean the settings would be fundamentally changed, but it should it should move to a single scheme uh, with the same rule for everybody. Um, if we were designing a an income contingent loan scheme now, uh, we would we would start with the principle of universality rather than the all of the different confusing help schemes we've got at the moment, all of which have got quite different settings. Well, you asked you asked a rhetorical question there, but I'll have a go at answering it, and I'll, I'll see what your thoughts are. The, the reason that I think that we don't have that is that we seem to place university education on a much higher intellectual plane and make it 
and give it a lot more social import than we do uh, the vet sector. Uh, we, we tend to think of TAFE as being uh, somehow less worthy than a university education. Uh, would you say that that's sort of like a broadly held view and that's affecting the funding arrangements? It's, a, it's an international um, issue. It's not just a problem in Australia. It's, it's the case internationally, including in the emerging, emerging Asian countries, Latin America. The exception would probably be in parts of Europe, in Germany and Scandinavia and Austria, where vocational education has had very strong standing and very strong industry support over a long period of time. What we need to do is change that perception by recognising that vocational learning or vocational education is actually important for all people and particularly all young people, not just those who aren't going into academic pathways. Vocational education is widely provided in universities, um, lawyers, doctors, accountants, nurses, teachers, etc, etc. But we somehow segment vocational learning in higher education off from vocational learning in the, in the vet sector. Um, whereas really, as I've said, it's, it's relevant to, to all young people. Um, I'd also point out that in fact the vet sector is um, widely used. There's over 1.8 million people in publicly funded courses and based on the MCV Yards analysis, over 3 million in all forms of vet. So it's actually a very widely used and accessible system in Australia. It's just that the publicly funded bit of it um, has been neglected and the funding has, has, has run down, particularly over the last couple of years. So looking forward to, uh, let's say, five, ten years down the track, do you see a prosperous future for the vet sector and what, how do you foresee it looking at that time? Vet has fared best, particularly in terms of public investment, when COAG, when the, the heads of government and the peak industry bodies have basically got together and agreed on a, a, a common vision for VET. And that, um, that consensus, I think, has, has fallen away. It's a long time since we've had a really major national conversation and a national consen consensus about what the VET system should be doing and where it should be going. I think that it's long overdue um, that COAG does that. Um, and it is encouraging that major employer groups um, have entered the debate as well. But we need to bring it to a head and actually forge a consensus or agreement about where the sector is going and how it should be funded. Um, I think if that happens, the sector of the future of the sector is reasonably bright. The problem is we all know how um, fiscally constrained government is generally. And my concern is that VET is now behind the eight ball relative to the other sectors. You mentioned at the start that VET gets uh, largely poor media coverage. Just th thinking about the sector overall, what sort of stories would you like to see uh, covered? Sort of, you know, outside of the funding issues. What, what? How do you think the media could better cover the vet sector? Look, I'm not naive enough to believe, nor am I advocating that the media should just run around doing feel good and success stories. That's not what the media is about. The need, the media is there to probe and push and analyse and see what's working and what's not working. But for example, the, treat, the, the coverage of what's happening in the apprenticeship system is very thin um, um, and very superficial. Um, it, it needs far more analysis and, um, and, and exploration. That would, be, that would be one issue. The issue of, um, of vetting schools, the age, for example, in Melbourne had a terrific feature a few weeks ago um, showcasing 
what is possible when vetting schools is offered really well on, on, on a really high quality basis. And that was one of the very few stories I've seen um, focusing on that part of senior secondary provision. It's overwhelmingly dominated by discussion about ATAR and BCE results and um, um, uh, you know the, 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 the stars in academic performance. But we really don't celebrate the successes of people who are outstanding in, in vocational education or, or vocational learning. As, as you've intimated, it's seem to be a, a, a second-rate option. I, I tend to agree with you about that because, I mean, we at Campus Review, we write story after story after story about the interesting things that people at universities are doing, you know, going overseas to present research, uh, breakthroughs in medical science, all that sort of stuff. But we very rarely write anything about uh, a person doing well in a, in a vet uh, sector sort of pursuit or vocation. So I do think that that, that, is, a, that is a fair criticism. I'd just like to end by asking if there's anything else you wanted to, to say about this subject. No, just to say I think that the, I've been encouraged by the amount of interest um, in, the, in the funding paper that, uh, that we did put out yesterday. Um, and um, I just encourage your readers to, uh, to, to have a look at it, particularly those who are interested in how we've arrived at the current funding system and um, how we might change it for, uh, to make sure that there's a more sustainable funding basis into the future. No problems. Thanks very much for your time, Peter. Okay, terrific. Thanks. See ya.